Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore. Hezekiah L. Montgomery here, along with Nichelle Johnson tonight. Tonight, we will be discussing on Man in the Mirror, something that has been a highly debated subject since the beginning of time. And we are talking about since the time of Adam and Eve. The weights of sin or the weights of sin? I put a question mark there to, you know, to put a play on words. But we are definitely going to have some fun with this one and some discussion with this one tonight. Um, you can call in at 917-889-2271 or you can log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. And as always, let's give some homage to our Heavenly Father. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies over the busy highways and byways, Lord. And, Lord, we just want to thank you for grace and mercy. Your mercy is new to us every morning, even when we don't get it right, Lord. You are there. We just come to you and say, Abba, Father. You are there to ask for, you know, to answer us and to forgive us of our sins. You said if we have, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. And we thank you that we can only come to you for that. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Michelle, 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 are you ready for this discussion tonight? Oh, sure am. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, I'm going to ask you, when you heard, when you seen me write this, or when you heard this, what was the first thought that came to you? Oh, well, of course, I was right on the money with what I was thinking. So, you know, we're talking about the weight of sin, so that's always something that has been debated about when people are saying, well, one sin is greater than this and one, one, um, or not one, but some things, oh, that can't really be called sin, but, you know, we got to call a spade a spade. Excellent. 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 Okay, I'm going to read our description of the show. And then we are going to get right into it. And, again, you can call in at 917-889-2271. How many of us have ever heard of that thing called a little white lie? You heard about that, Michelle, a little white lie? Yeah. And our kids always try to get away with it. Well, it was just a little white lie. Or it's only one time. Or my favorite is this, this sin is not a big sin. Well, my friends, the word says, for the wages of sin, plural, is death. That's Romans 6.23. But as we're allowed to go through this thing called life, sometimes we get caught up in it. And when we do, people will tell you, well, it's not all that bad. It's that kind of thinking that gets us further and further away from God. You see, sin cannot be in the sight of God. No matter how big or small the sin is, sin is sin. People, to, people today put a kind or quantity on sin. It's that kind of thing that gets us into trouble. 
I tell this way to sin as show the way to sin because a friend of mine gave me a, a great analogy about sin. She says sin, it, sin and sins are all the same. If we look at it this way, I'm going to paint this picture for you. And when we have the show, which we're doing tonight, I'll give you the rest. Sin is like looking down on something we all love, Oreo cookies. When you look down on a stack, they all look the same. So when you look down on sin, no matter what it is, they all look alike. But we have a society that puts weights and measures on wrong slash sin. But you tell me, can I go to help? Can I go to help for stealing a penny or lying to my mother? Which is a greater sin? Hmm. Which is greater, Michelle? Which is greater? I, I'm confused. Is that that's an actual question? Yes, that's an actual question. Which sin is greater? Yes. Okay. I didn't know there was one greater. Okay. Okay. And I actually did a poll inside, um, and I'm getting to it right now. I'm getting to it right now. And I did a poll inside the event page. Trying to get to it. Technical difficulties here, but that's okay. I did a poll and said, well, is stealing a penny a sin? Okay. I also said, um, let's see, here it goes, because I want to bring up the questions, and I'm going to ask everybody these questions. Bring this up, and we got it. All right, what sin is great? I'm going to ask these questions, and I actually had a few. Stealing a penny. Let's be all be honest. What do you call a sin, a little sin or a big sin? Please be honest. We're here to help each other. Iron sharpens iron. And it says stealing a penny. How about taking a pen from work or taking extra time for lunch or lying to a significant other or spouse? And I actually had one comment, Michelle, and I'm going to read I'm going to read the person's name. I'm saying every even though I know sin is sin, regardless, because I'm still human, there's go that rational rationalization, I'm thinking taking extra time for lunch is a small sin compared to lying to your spouse and stealing money. And I read that again, everybody. When everybody look at this, even though I know sin is sin, regardless. Because I'm still human, I'm thinking taking extra time for a lunch is a small sin compared to lying to your spouse and stealing money. Hmm. Interesting, huh, Michelle? Actually, not really. <laughs> and the reason I say say that is because that is how most people think. So she's falling right into line how... A lot of people think they don't think anything about taking an extra 10 or 15 minutes at lunch break because they're tired or because somebody at work got on their nerves or some people even going on a break when they're not really supposed to be because somebody got on their nerves and definitely not feeling the pen from work, you know. But people like the... um, 
person who commented was saying, you know, okay, you might start giving it a second thought when it gets down to lying to your spouse or actually stealing money from somewhere. Still, you know, we look at things in in different, yeah, like with different weights. So we do this all the time. We we try to rationalize the things that we do and, and put uh, this is a big sin, this is a little sin, this isn't going to hurt anybody, this isn't, this isn't too much. And uh, I I want to venture to put some of the ones that, you know, I've seen in my day-to-day life, which is, you know, lying on, on documents that we have to submit, whether it's tax returns or um, something we might have to submit for work or even something we might have to submit for school. We may have done a little, what do they call that, plagiarism, which in effect is stealing. In order to get a good grade, or you know, just when someone is saying, you know, oh, you know, what'd you do today, and you don't want them all up in your business saying, no, nothing, you know, when you were doing some things that you shouldn't be doing. And this this is honestly, this is like everyday stuff that you see that you see, and definitely the people just taking extra time or people just deciding, like, oh, I want to leave work early today, so I'm just going to clock out. Or, uh, Well, then again, I'm going to take that back because if you're clocking out a lot of times, you don't try to leave early, or you do the even worse thing, which is get somebody else to clock you out and you're already gone. Seen some of that, heard of some of that or just leaving early because nobody knows. So, you know, this is stuff that we we all do every single day of our lives. Don't give it a second thought a lot of times. And uh but it but it's it's all sin cuz everything boils down to either you're lying or you're stealing or you're cheating. Mm. Mm. Go ahead and preach, Michelle. Go ahead and preach. All right, you just brought up the key word tonight, and rationalization. In psychology and logic, rationalization or rationalization, also known as making excuses, is a defense mechanism in which controversial behavior or feelings are justified and explained in a seemingly rational or logical manner to avoid the true explanation and are made consciously tolerable or even admirable or superior by plausible means. It is also an informal fallacy of reasoning. Rationalization happens in two steps. A decision, action, judgment is made for a given reason or no known reason at all. That's the first step. Second step, a rationalization is formed constructing a seemingly good or logical reason as an attempt to justify the act after the fact for oneself or others. Rationalization encourages irrational or unacceptable behavior, motives, or feelings, and often involves an ad hoc hypnotizing, this process range from fully conscious, and it goes on. So basically, like you said, we're trying to make an excuse, you know, to let the sin be okay. We're trying to make an excuse for, you know, say, hey, look, well, you know, we're finding reasons 
and our mind because we knew before we did it, it was going to be wrong. But we're finding reasons in our mind, and that's why, you know, and that's the scary part with some people. It's like they're finding reasons in their mind, and in their mind they think it's right. Yeah, exactly. And now, here is tonight's discussion where, you know, we're um, talking live with Hezekiah Al Montgomery and Michelle Johnson or Amanda Mary. You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash dash man dash n dash the mirror. And um, I told you, I looked at this analogy that a friend of mine gave me, and I had to go buy me a pack of Orioles, which got expensive these days, and um, I took the picture of a stack of Orioles, one with one Oreo and one with five Orioles, and I took the picture above the Orioles. And when you looked at that picture, Michelle, explain to me what you saw. Well, you you originally you just showed it to me and asked me what do you see, and I said it looks like two dots on a piece of paper. Exactly, and that was what I was hoping people would say. You see two exact same things. That's and that's what we're talking about sin. Well, you know this sin and that sin. You know sin. You know the sin. Those are those were depicting sin. Now, I wanted to wait till tonight to actually show what the true picture was. And when you see the two stacks of Oreo cookies, you see one on one side and five on the other. So what sin, and we're going to continue to talk about this, what sin, one represents sin and one represents five sins. So if I say, hey, look, I've only sinned once, so I'm good compared to the person who has sinned five times or this and five times or throughout the day they kept doing this and they add up to five times. Who is better? That was a question, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were like making a, you know, bold and oh, that's fine. statement. But uh, but nobody's better. That was the answer, Hezekiah. Okay. <laughs> well, nobody's better. <laughs> All right. So you know we're gonna we're gonna look we're gonna look at this even a little more. So okay. the Bible says a lot of the 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 Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know and um. So, you know, when we say all have sinned or um let me let me make sure I said it right. Yeah, no, no. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin, it doesn't say sins, which is plural, it says sin. So if the Bible says for the wages of sin is death, so that one oral cookie or that one sin you know, we gotta think about that because that's that sin that we're rationalizing people. That's that thing that we're rationalizing. Well, mom not home for those kids out there. She will not find out that I did this. Mom is not home. She won't find out that I did this. 
Well, you mm-hmm. know what? For those people that like to eat, you know, well, look, this thing is, I know it's not mine, but it's been sitting here for a minute. And I'm, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry right now. And, you know, one little bite's not going to help. You know, one little bite is, you know, not going to help. Hurt. So you go take that bite. And where does that leave us? In trouble. Because if we think about it, he said, for the wages of sin is death, period. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you sin, it's sin. I love that that um, objective lesson of the oral cookie because it, it blew my mind. I'm like, really? So I had to go dig deep and take those pictures and like, wow, she was right. One sin compared to five sin. And we're going to even go deeper than that. We're definitely going to go deeper than that. Now, I got something that's going to blow everybody's mind tonight because I've been thinking about this all week all week and all day today, and I'm like, and I mentioned it yesterday. Now, here is something that Jesus was teaching the disciples. And, I mean, Jesus was teaching whoever came around at that time. John 8, 1 to 11. This is the New Living Translation, a woman caught in adultery. And this is one of my favorite because we always look at people and say, hey, um, hey, this is going on or that's going on. But we look at people and try to say, well, look. But guess what? All right, they say, guess what? And then we, um, this is what Jesus said. A woman caught in adultery, verse 8. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. For early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them, as Jesus normally does. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, put her in the front of the crowd. So they're going to, this is an expedition, folks. They're going to show her off. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Now, you know, Jesus already knows what's going on, but, you know, he's going to amuse them. They are trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, which he already knew. But Jesus stooped down, I love this part, and wrote in the dust with his fingers. Notice, people, that Jesus didn't say a thing. He just stooped down and started writing in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, all right, the one who has never sinned, throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And I can just imagine the look on their face. They were angry. They were upset. They had them stones up. If their mind just got just messed up, that, that their mind just got messed up. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? 
No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I want to back up, back up. One thing about those folks, they were very emotional at the time. And what I love about this scripture is that Jesus wasn't emotional. That blew my mind. That's a mind-blowing experience. It's like, okay. You bet. Went down. They came up. She caught an adultery. Now, let's remember, folks, it takes two to tangle. So where was the man at? She wasn't by herself, but they just put the woman. So, you know, I'm just going to put that out there. So both of them were sinning because an adulterer means I had to be with somebody who was married, either him or her, but somebody was, you know, had to be doing it. But that was two people, but they just brought the woman. And Jesus didn't get emotional. That's what upset them. They like they um, they they ready to kill her with these big old boulder like stones. And all he did was stand up and just tell them this, all right. But the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then it dawned on them, huh? huh. Yeah, we can't get him this time. So they. And then he stooped right back down again. He didn't fuss at them. He didn't say. He talked very little. He basically talked about three times while they were doing all the anger and doing all that. He basically just spoke to them. And he asked her, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. He told her, and this is love, neither do I go and sin no more. Now, these guys were ready to stone this woman, Michelle. They were ready just to, you know, do her in. But what did they do? There was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. I had one preacher, I remember one preacher talking about uh, years back, and he said he was he basically, he was playing around with her. He said, yeah, Jesus was probably writing their names, and, you know, who she was with, writing their names in the dust. And they were probably one by one when they seen like, oops, gotta go, <laughs> oops, gotta go. You know, they were probably walking away because they couldn't figure out. Well, no, that's a mind to me. That's a mind blowing experience because he did not fuss, he didn't cuss, he just was Jesus, calm, cool, and collective, the coolest man around, and he. To not condemn her. They were ready to kill her because back in the day, that's what they did. They stoned you to death. So that's why they brought to Jesus, trying to trap Jesus. But the trap didn't work. Or Jesus just said one thing. Go thou without sin, go cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And remember, we are all born into sin with the original sin from Adam and Eve. So when we're born into sin, how can you condemn someone else for sinning. What are your thoughts on that, Michelle? Well, I think the thing is, <laughs> and I was just recently uh, talking with somebody about this, about the, you know, you looking at the the uh, beam in somebody else's eye, or I might be saying it now, we say it backwards. But basically, it's saying you being concerned about other people's wrongdoings and their sin. So you being concerned about 
the beam in their eye when you have the moat in your own and you can barely see. And so I think we really, that's something that we still, you know, still do today. We concentrate on other people's sin almost as a way to, I wanted to find the scripture. It's Matthew seven three through five, and it says, "And why beholdest thou beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eyes?" So I think I did have it backwards. I always do it backwards. But anyway, um, yeah. So it's saying you're looking at your brother's sin and condemning them, and looking past the sin that's in right on you in your own face for yourself. And so, you know, verse five says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eyes. And that that verse actually brings two different things um, to light. One is, you know, we cannot be walking this earth and concentrating all the time on everybody else and never on ourselves. So our first thing, you know, that we do, you know, like when they're saying that there's a tragedy or whatever, they're saying save your own life because that's the only way you can help save anybody else's, right? If we concentrate on our own sin and, and trying to get ourselves in order, that's us saving ourselves first before we start trying to save others. But we know a lot of times, in our flesh, us looking at other people's sin is not about us saving them a lot of times. A lot of times it's about us casting the attention away from ourselves and on to someone else. So we really have to learn to, you know, concentrate on us first and our sin and seeing where the Lord is trying to uh, perfect us and what he's bringing, what trials are going through, what lessons we're supposed to be learning to perfect ourselves before we start pointing out anything on anyone else. And then um, the other thing is that we're we're not just supposed to talk about, you know, the, the moat in my brother's eye. I'm not just supposed to stand around and gossip about it. I'm not supposed to whisper and, and point at my brother. I'm, I'm not supposed to announce to everyone that my brother has sinned. But it says so that we can see clearly to cast out. So that means we actually are supposed to be doing something to help our brother. So casting that out, that means we may bring it to light, but bring it to light to them, bring it to their attention, and help them pray for them. Talk to them, help them get through it or get past it, uh, you know, be a support to them so that, you know, you can help them get the moat out of their eyes. And so I think that that scripture, it brings out a lot. But we we really do need to do that. We need to stop walking around, concentrating on others so much. When When you hear someone who complains a lot about everything that other people do and the wrong that they do, um, then a lot of times they have some feelings of self-inadequacy themselves, and they also know that they are being disobedient in some areas as well. And so they 
they don't want to look at that. They'd rather look at someone else. So, you know, I just pray that folk get that, that we got to really look at ourselves. That's the whole thing about this spiritual journey is, is us and God having a relationship so that he can show us ourselves and we can do the work that we need to do to, uh, you know, get the beam out of our eyes. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And that puts us at the half hour mark. It is already 9.30. Um, you're listening live with Man in the Mirror. This is our 100th and second show. We just had our 100th uh, 100th episode last Friday. It was a blessing. Enjoyed it. And we are work, We are working now on the show on our second 100th set of episodes and we're going to take a break. We're going to have a couple of notes from our sponsors and then hit some music and then be back with The Weight of Sin. A note from one of our sponsors is music instruction for all learners where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 888-501-8650, extension 778, to set up an appointment to speak to one of our instructors. Um, please help us out with our fundraiser right now. We're raising $400 to pay for the fee for our nonprofit status. Okay, you can go to the event, Eventbrite and look up um, MeFile Inc., and we should be there. And also check out our website at www.mefileinc.org. This just in, H.L. Montgomery Enterprises is hosting its new first event, An Evening with an Author. Have you always said you wanted to write a book? Well, talk no more. Come meet Hezekiah L. Montgomery. Oh, I know him. Writer of the riveting novel Rediscovering Kai, as he hosts a writer's workshop on October 15, 2016, at 4443 Bel Air Road from 12 to 5. The cost of the workshop is $85. You will be in what we call a. You will also have a chance to meet the best publisher around, Ms. Tashina Davis, founder and CEO of Purposely Creative Publishing Group, a boutique publishing company specializing in literature that empowers others through social awareness, education, and personal transformation. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. And we will be back in a few minutes. I want you guys to... Enjoy this song. It's one of my personal favorites. It's called I Will Live. This song, it's a little praise and worship song my brother wrote, and uh, I want to teach it to you. We all going to sing it together. Amen? All right. It goes like this. One, two, three, say. I will live. Come on. I will live. Come on.
We are back live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. Tonight's show is titled The Weights of Sin. And Michelle, I'm just having a good time. You can call in at 917-889-2271, 917-889-2271, or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. Press number one on your phone. Number one on your phone if you would like to have a question or comment of, about tonight's episode, because um, we are basically talking about why people put weights or quantities or quantitative values on sin. Is one sin bigger than the other? Is you know if I if I and I said it earlier, if I steal a penny and don't repent, am I okay? Or if I stole a thousand dollars from somebody and got away with it, is it is it would I be okay with just um, stealing that penny? And we just talked about the woman caught in adultery, how Christ was very patient with that crowd of men who brought her and teachers, Sadducees and Pharisees who brought her in, and the teachers of the law, and they was ready. They were trying to trick Jesus. But they were ready just to stone her because they wanted to see what he was going to say. And the only thing he said is, Thou who have not sinned, cast the first stone. And no one in the show was able to throw a stone. Now, could you please explain to me why any of those guys, they were just ready. They were ready. Why weren't they able to throw the first stone? I'm not understanding that. Again, if you guys have any questions, you can log in and, you know, have something to say in the chat room. You can go on our event page. You can um, press number one on your phone. You know, we're just discussing because the, the Bible says, and I'm going to bring that up because that's truly important. Iron sharpens iron. And with mm-hmm. that is basically saying, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We are here to help each other. You know, we're not, no one's perfect, you know, as we said earlier, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And as I said, for the wages of sin is death. So no one's perfect. So we're here to help each other. So if you have any questions or comments, please call in, person number one, and, you know, give us your opinion of tonight's show, um, The Weight of Sin. And the analogy I put out there was for, you know, I put two dots on a piece, you know, out there on the event page, but because a friend of mine uh, had explained to me that sin is like a stack of world's cookie. From the top, it looks the same, but from the side, one could be one on one side and five on the other. So you know what sin is more detrimental, or what stack is more detrimental for our salvation, and that's what we're basically talking about. What stack is going to keep us separated from God? Is it going to be the stack with the one oral or the stack with the five oral, which represents sin? Any comments, Michelle? I know we've been talking about this for the past almost an hour, but, you know, we're going to keep doing it until, you know, as we're doing it. What stack is more detrimental? Well, I... I, I... Like we've been saying the past time, the past half hour, the detriment is sin. Period. So sin, sin is a detriment. So that that's one of those 
what they call that, a misnomer. That question can't really be answered because we've been talking about this, so we already know that there's no difference between one sin of five or uh, killing someone and, you know, lying on your tax return. And I know some people are like, what? Yes, that's right. <laughs> they're all Uh-oh. the same. Uh-oh, yeah. stop. Don't, don't go there. They're, <laughs> they're going to be all calling the in. They're all the same. So, yeah, so that that question cannot be answered, the question you ask. All right. If I'm correct, I'm going to look up this verse, Proverbs. I'm looking it up now. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, let me look it up this way. Is, is that correct? Right. Nope, that's Psalms 119.11. I'm sorry. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, we've talked about what sin is. There's no greater sin and no lesser sin. But how can mm-hmm. we alleviate from sinning? God just gave me that. Okay, we can talk about this all night long. What is the next step? And Proverbs one nineteen eleven is a great answer to that. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God. Because when we start reading the word of God, the spirit of God, will start dwelling in us, and we will have a better understanding of what's going on. Because, yeah, I got one Oreo over here. No, I, I mean to tell you guys, some Oreos were good after I finished doing my demonstration. I, you know, I enjoyed those Oreos. So those Oreos did not go to waste, trust me. But um, and he said in Psalms 119.11, Thine word have I hid in mine heart that I might, sin against, that I might not sin against thee. That's important. That's the key. We have to quench our thirst on the word. The show is titled Man in the Mirror because that that mirror is God's word. We have to Mm -hmm. read that word. We have to study it. We have to satisfy whatever going on in our life. We can find find it in the word. And David wrote that for him because David was a man after God's own heart, but he sinned. He messed up, but he still was a man after God's own heart. So, you know, the best way I can say it is, you know, what is the antidote for this, for tonight's show? The word. Because the more words you have in you, you know, we love reading these romance novels and all that, yeah, and these textbooks that we have to read for class and stuff. But the more word that you put in yourself, the less time you had to think about those sinful thoughts, those things that you know is wrong, you'll be more worried about, hey, what can I make sure you will be you will be making sure that what you what you're going to do throughout this day is always pleasing to God because what did he say that I might not sin against thee David was saying this about God thy word have I hid in mine heart I mean deep down inside because later on in Proverbs we hear that, that out of the heart comes the issues of life so we have when those issues are there. And it's, we sometimes we are rightful to have those issues there because that's part of life. But we don't want those issues to turn into bitterness. So what do we do? We have to keep filling that heart 
you know, every time, what do we do with our car every time, you know, that that tank is low? If you want to keep going, what we got to do, Michelle? You got to fill it up. Got to fill it up. So what we have to do as Christians, which means Christ-like, yeah, Christ knows, you know, he was the only perfect thing. He knows we're imperfect. But for us to continue the way that we're going, we have to continue in his word. We have to be that, that word is that mirror for our life. That when people, you know, you don't walk away from a mirror and forget what you look like, because if you do, we're in trouble. You'd be like, you know, if you don't use the mirror, then you'd be like, why are you let me walk out the house like this? You know, this is what we do to each other. But we have to, nur- we have to be nourished by the word of God so the Holy Spirit will be able to do his work and start condemning us. When, uh, 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 you know better than that. That, that little conscience exactly. that you have in you. That God sends you, and then now when you may, it could be, and it's nothing wrong. You thought about it, but you can be redirected like the GPS. Nothing, it, the thoughts are going to come, but do we have to? What they say? Do we have to succumb to those thoughts? We're human. We don't have to succumb to those thoughts. We're like, ah, oh, nah. You know better than that. But the key verse is that the key point. Of, yeah, by word, have it hit my heart. Why did I hide it? There's a reason that I might not sin against thee. That's the key. We do not want to sin against God. Yes, sin is in the world. And he says, be ye in the world, but not not of the world. He's given us a way mm-hmm. out, and that's through the word of God. And I think, too, that, I think, too, that um, when he says, you know, hide the word in your heart, because we were going through this before, like what does that really, really mean? And when you're looking at it in practical terms, it means that we need to know God's word because if for you to know what is a sin, say like someone, you know, just became um, a Christian, just became saved, and they are learning the word of God, they may actually be finding out, oh, this is, this is considered a sin. They may not even know. You won't know until you get that word. And then some things, yeah, we know. We know you're not supposed to kill people. We know, you know, we know we're not supposed to lie. But some things, you know, you find out by the word. And so that gives you the knowledge and the understanding of what what God is saying about how we should be operating outside of the word that that is a sin the, the the different things that we can do outside of the word of god those things are sin so it gives you the knowledge and it gives you his word to bring back to mind so that's the only way the word is going to come back to mind because now some people do carry a little small bible around with them but who has time to flip through your Bible every time you're confronted with a situation. So instead, that word needs to be in your heart or in your mind so that instantly you can recall the word of God when a situation comes up. When you're saying, oh, I really need, I really need a pen because I'm going to this meeting later and I want a pen. I'm just going to say, and matter of fact, People are going to have to fill out some paperwork for me, so I'm going to take a whole box of them. And then that word says, thou shall not steal in your head, you know, and then you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to go buy me a box of pens and do what I need to do. But it's as simple as that. 
It can be something as simple as that, but the word, if it's in your mind, if it's in your heart, if you know it, then it has the chance to correct you before you even commit a sin. And so Amen. that that's really what that, that is meaning. Okay. Excellent, excellent. And, and and I like that because it's basically the truth. We have to know the word. Like we know our you know, we want to keep our job, what do we do? We make sure we perfect Learn. our job, know our mm-hmm. job. You don't know your job, and the supervisor comes, well, you're missing something. You're making a lot of mistakes. So we work hard to make sure we keep our job. I know that. I can attest to that. We work hard so we can keep our jobs. We get to work one time. Well, some of us do. You know, that's another thing. You know, is it okay to be late for work? Is it okay to be late for work? I'm just going to keep it real. Is it okay to be late for work? Is it okay to leave? If, if you had, if leave you had early? time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that, but that's okay. I'm just saying, these are things that we go through our life every day, and I'm not condemning anybody. All I'm saying, we just have to be mindful. You know, none of us are perfect. We are still working. We are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine, you know, he's a good friend of mine named Romico Morton, and he he does this thing every morning on his, you know, on Facebook, and he always ends it because he's an inspirational speaker. He always, uh-huh. I am a success story in development. We are all in development. So, you know, we're not going to be make it. We Sometimes we're going to miss the mark, and that's okay. You get uh, up, wipe yourself off, you know what? That that brings up the next scripture I was looking at too. Well, see, that's why we work together because we just we you, you we got good minds think a lot. Go ahead, sister. Well, it was Proverbs uh, twenty eight and I think it's verse thirteen. Verse thirteen, because that the what you were saying is is like the first step of what you really need to do. Because you're saying, okay, so we know we discussed this weights of sin thing. We might be all on the same page about sin. So what do we need to do to keep ourselves from, you know, sinning? And so yeah, you you got to know the word. But in Proverbs twenty eight and thirteen, it also says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So that's like the part two of that. You got to know the word so you, you, one, you know what sins are sins or what is sin. And you know what the wages of sin are so you can know that. And then two, when you realize that you have sinned, then the Bible directs us that we are supposed to confess that thing, so get it out there. Now, does that mean you take a bullhorn, go outside, and announce (laughs) to all your neighborhood, you know, that you have sinned just now, you just sinned, but no, no, it's, it's not saying that. You know, you don't have to go that far. You know, how about just confess it to God? You can be sitting in the house by yourself, but if you confess that thing to God, that you have sinned and and you are you know, just grieved by the fact that you have sinned because you know what the wages of sin are and you know you know the word, then, you know, God 
can then forgive you. He he cannot forgive you unless you, now it says the word, don't get me wrong, the word says your sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. So let's not get that mixed the fact that you need to do something to activate it. So if someone says, okay, because we were talking about gas in the car, right? So if someone says, okay, I pay for your gas, it's yours. If you stand beside your car with the, the uh, what's the thing called, Hezekiah? <laughs> the the oh. gas pump, with the gas pump still sitting on the handle, are you going to get any gas in your car? <laughs> As it's running, running saying, out, right? I'm just saying. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, you have to, there's an action. Somebody may have given you the gas. They paid for it. You don't need to pay for it. And they're saying, it's yours. Take it. And if you don't make the action of picking up that gas pump, putting it in your car, and pumping that gas into your car, then you know, you're not going to get the gas. Same with the with this forgiveness. The the Lord is saying, you have already been forgiven. The wages of, of your sin have already been paid for. But you have to confess the sin and you have to repent, which means basically me saying, God, I'm sorry, and I'm I'm not going to do it again. And actually turning away, and people people mistake the just saying I'm not going to do it again as the repentance. That's not the repentance. The repentance is to actually physically turn away from that sin and don't do it again. So exactly. that that's the part too. And a lot of people don't understand that that you know. Um, let me bring out the Bible. Is it Romans six one? And let me bring that out because that that do it again goes into that that do it that not doing it again or don't do it again. It shall say Romans six one. Dead to sin, alive to Christ. What shall I say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. But I, the key verse I was saying is, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? And this is what you were saying, so that grace my, may abound. We can't keep testing God. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't, you know, I was forgiven for that sin, so I'm going to go on, try it again. But I'm forgiven for that sin. Um, we cannot test God. We have to get it together, move on, and just continue to stand our word and do what Psalms one nineteen eleven says, Thy word have I hidden my heart, and I might not sin against thee. We have to stay in the words and the word of God. Uh any last remarks? We're close we're, you know, we're winding down the show. Any last remarks? Uh I've just really enjoyed the conversation 
today. You know, this has been a blessing. But I, I do want to, you know, remind all of, of those in our listening um, audience. So we have to do our part. God did his part. He did his part. And now we have to do our part. And as we, we discussed, it's steps and there's levels to things as you're learning more about God then those things will become more apparent to you. But it's levels to this thing, and we have to, you know, we have to get to the point where we know, you know, what is sin, what is what is disobedience to God, what does that really mean? And then once we know, when we know we're responsible for it, now God is expecting us to live up to that because we know it. And so when you know it and, and you're trying to live up to that, you know, we all Romans um says we all we all sin and fall short. We all sin and fall short. It's gonna happen here and there. We know it because we're human and we are not perfect. Can we strive for perfection? Of course. But we're not perfect and we may, you know, we may fall here and there. And so we need to get back up. We need to to let God know that we're sorry and we need to make every effort and exert all our uh, attention to not doing the same thing over and over again. So, you know, I hope that blessed somebody today. Amen, amen, amen. As we're closing, I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in tonight discussing this highly debatable subject. Just wanted to help each of us understand that sin is real. And there is no little or big sin. Sin is sin. If you have any more questions, um, you can actually go on to our event page. If you have any more questions, put them there and we'll get back to you. Um, We just want to thank you all again who have been listening. And I'll just close it out as easy as pie tonight. This is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off, and we'll see you at the Mirror.